Hey everyone, welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a weekly podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for over 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. We're still in the COVID-19 crisis. I think this is my ninth episode regarding that. I feel like today is going to be a short episode. I'm basically sad. There's a lot going on right now. As I record this, it's March 31st. We're about nine weeks into the COVID crisis and things are starting to open up again. And then in the last few days, there's been several instances of police brutality where people have ended up dead. And as I speak, there's riots going on throughout the country. There was one uh, killing in Arizona, and now there is uh, riots in Scottsdale and in downtown Phoenix. And I just don't know what to say anymore. Like, are you kidding me? Year 2020? Like, the worst, the worst. Um, so I, I'm just really not feeling it. <laughs> But I did want to talk to everybody today um, because there's a topic I've been thinking about, which is why am I so tired during COVID-19? And in fact, I went ahead and I Googled it because throughout this whole time, I had a big life change in the last nine weeks uh, when all of this started, when the whole shut down and lockdown started, I moved after being in a house for 20 years, moved to a new house. It was incredibly challenging because um, nothing was working right. Uh, trying to get utilities on were horrible. I didn't have internet for about two weeks. I had to switch internet providers. I lost a fax number that I had for 20 years. Just was a lot of frustration. In the big scheme of things, we have our health. We're all together. Um, but it was a lot of frustration. And during those first couple of weeks, I was doing a lot of moving. I was stopping at my old house and I would um, I moved my whole closet. I moved my whole kitchen by myself because I just had to get my things here. I moved my husband's closet. I was trying to help him by moving all the stuff that I could move where I would load up my car, unpack it. And when I look back on it now, I feel like I could never do it again. But basically what I was doing was I would bring my items home and I would just put them away like right then. So we never were living out of boxes. We were sometimes living without items because they were back at the other house, house, but we never really lived out of boxes because as soon as I got things home, I would unpack them. I don't know if that was totally efficient, but that was kind of my first couple weeks in quarantine, plus trying to run my business. 
And I think initially, maybe the phones did slow down some, uh, where everyone was just kind of like, what's going on? But I'll tell you, in the last week or two, the phones have been ringing off the hook. And I, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's um, people are starting to want to get stuff going, whatever it is they have going, a civil lawsuit, a demand letter to a contractor, their estate planning, maybe they have a family law matter that's been kind of on the back burner. So all this stuff, people are starting to call and um, try to figure out. Okay, so um, also I think another um, theory I have, and these are just theories, I think there's a lot of people still not back to work or working from home, so they have some time during the day to try to get these things done. So I, I am attributing that to an uptake in calls. All right, so... There was a day last week where I was on the phone for probably eight hours. I had one in-person meeting that came in on that same day. My throat was raw after the day. Um, I had tea. I took a teaspoon of honey. I knew I wasn't ill because I didn't feel anything else, but my throat definitely had it. And um, my allergies are in full swing. So just, yeah, yikes. Um, so I um, just was kind of feeling the effects of being on the phone all the time. And as I was thinking about this podcast, I've also been thinking about all the articles I've been reading about people who are sheltering in place. So I get a ton of magazines. I read probably 20 magazines every month. I have a rotating um, subscriptions that I will get. Like sometimes I won't get a magazine for a while. Like sometimes I'll get Time magazine for a while and then sometimes I won't. And there's some magazines that I always get. I always get Vogue. I always get Bazaar. I always get Real Simple. Um, like those are the ones I always, always get. Or I'll try a new one for a while and then not renew it the next year. And so I'm always getting these magazines. And in the last couple of weeks, there's been a ton of articles about people sheltering in place and everything that they're doing. And a lot of the articles are people in pajamas all day. I will tell you, I have not had one day where I've been in pajamas all day. Part of it is, I mean, there probably are days that I could have worked from home and been in my pajamas all day. I think for myself, if I'm working, I need to get up and get showered and put a little makeup on and feel like I'm a lawyer, sort of put the mask on of being a lawyer um, and and not be in pajamas all day. I've seen some cute uh, photographs of people uh, where they're wearing pajama bottoms on the bottom, <laughs> on their, you know, their legs, and then on the top, they're wearing like a button up. And those are cute. But I just haven't had that as an experience. I haven't had an experience of movie marathons. I haven't had an experience of all day binge watching. I'm feeling like I'm almost more structured and busy 
than I was in the past. And I think there's just a lot more going on at home that um, is making me more tired. So I actually Googled it. I said, why am I... Because one time, sometimes I like to Google a question and see if it fills itself in to see if other people are wondering the same thing. So I Googled, why am I so tired during COVID-19? Oh yeah, it came up. Lots of people had must have that as a question. And there was a lot of articles on it. So I found a good one in the Washington Post that in the, the caption was some of us have more time to sleep. So why are we so tired? And people were discussing the author particularly of this article was talking about waking up more exhausted than when they went to sleep, just wake up tired already, um, needing coffee immediately, um, about other people in their house being more exhausted. So some of it seems to be that the kids are home all the time. They haven't had play ba- dates and, you know, everyone has a different scenario with their kids. And, and my kids are older, but I have a grandson in the house now who's less than a year old. He'll be a year um, in about 10 days on my birthday, June 10th. So I do have a little one in the house and it's just all kids all the time for a lot of people. Some people had to uh, homeschool for the last six weeks. So that was something new. And then there is the just trying to keep the household going. Um, I feel like there's more meal preparation. You're not popping out during the week and maybe uh, eating in a restaurant once or twice a week. You might be getting some takeout and maybe that gives you a bit of a break, but there's a lot of meal preparation involved. I try to personally, I try to squeeze in a nap in the afternoon. It's hot here. We had a heat wave that we're kind of coming down from, but we were at 111 degrees on Friday. That's awful for the month of May. And I'm just hoping it's not indicative of the type of summer that we're going to be having. So one of the things in the article was saying that some people are having trouble falling asleep. I am not having trouble asleep. I lay my head down. I put on a television show or a movie. I set the sleep timer for 30 minutes. I'm probably asleep 10 minutes into it. And during the day, I feel really, really tired. Sometimes I start to doze off when I'm sitting up. Maybe if I'm like sitting in a chair and reading, start to feel really, really tired. I've been sleeping with... um, the breathing strips, the ones that you put on the bridge of your nose. I feel like getting more air is good for me when I'm sleeping. So that's been somewhat helpful. And one of the things the article says is that maybe more hours in bed isn't what you need. So try to get that seven to nine hours of sleep each night, but not 12 And I'll tell you, there's been maybe once or twice during the whole pandemic where I may have slept 12 hours, where I've gone to bed at like, I don't know, 1030 and woke up at like nine. 
And having all that sleep really didn't help me so much. It wasn't like I felt extremely refreshed the next day. So I really, really try to stay on eight to nine hours. Honestly, nine hours is probably better for me than eight or even seven. That's a little bit too low for me. At nine hours, I'm like really coming out of REM sleep and um, that's better for me. But you have to figure out, you know, what's best for you and, and what works for you. Another thing I think is important for sleep quality is sunlight. I have been getting a lot of sun. I've been taking walks probably every day, almost every day, and those have been very good for me. Um, I have to sort of watch it with the caffeine. I don't, caffeine doesn't keep me up. I will, um, can have a cup of coffee before I go to bed and can go straight to bed. Every once in a while I can't. That's very unusual. But I will, I can fall asleep. But I'll tell you what caffeine can do to me. I think I don't fall asleep as deep. And then I end up waking up earlier. And then my next day I'm a little more drowsy because I didn't get that deep sleep. So I really have a hard time balancing between how much is enough caffeine just to feel good and then how much is too caffeine where it interrupts my sleep. I try to keep my bedtime schedule pretty um, pretty standard. I pretty much am in bed between 8.30 and 9.30 most every day. Um, last night I went to bed around midnight and got up at six today and it's three 30 as I record this, that was not a good choice for me, but it stinks because on a Saturday night, I'd like to stay up and, you know, be with the kids a little bit with something that's not just preparing meals and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see what else. Another thing that the article talks about is quieting your mind. That one's really hard. There's a lot going on. There's so much going on. And to get out of my head, it's usually putting something new into my head. And for me, that's reading. I know a lot of people meditate. That to me actually makes my mind race more unless I'm doing something like walking. If I'm walking, I usually am listening to a podcast and I can just kind of clear my head. I'm just going, put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving. And that's a good mind clear. Mind clear. I don't think that's a... I don't think that's a phrase. Uh, It clears my mind, that's for sure. Another issue that I'm having is there is a, a rough transition as everything is starting to reopen. So initially, my court my court schedule cleared out pretty much 100%. 
Some things went to telephonic. I had one in the beginning where I had to go to court on two different days. And as my listeners may remember, I was pretty stressed about that, that I had to go into court when everything was so uncertain. And now it's like, now it's like fast forward. And also it's very, it's very sporadic about what is open. For instance, I'm going to have court hearings, but there's some courts that I'm going to be going to, most that I'll be doing video or telephone hearings. Those have their own challenges to do the video or the telephone. Some clients want to come to the office and do the video hearing with you. Some want to um, just be at their home and do it. And both have their challenges. You know, with having people in the office, it still makes me nervous. I'm like, I sometimes feel like I'm not ready for it. But we disinfect and we just try to move on and, and not be so stressed about it. Um, so that's crazy. Um, I'm very, very nervous about all the court hearings that I have coming up. They're like very scattered throughout the summer. That's a very different for me. I'm usually busy during the summer. Like that's not unusual, but everything that I had in March, April, some things in May are now in June, July, August. So I'm still also getting things scheduled in June, July, August. So it's like the double the workload for court hearings and also trying to adjust to court hearings being in a way that I've never done court hearings before. It seems to be working out okay, but it's still different. It's much different when you are used to being in person in court and suddenly that's gone. So this explains why we're still so tired. Even if we're not working as many hours or maybe we have some time off, there's still a lot going on. Um, so everyone hang in there. Take care. Sorry if this feels a little rambly, but I've just, I've been trying to like think through this and think, how is it still so busy, but then not busy at the same time? I, I can't even explain it. Um, I Next Tuesday, just to give you an example, on Tuesday, I have... 16 um, meetings. I think most of them are telephonic. And because a lot has changed to telephonic, I'm squeezing in more during the day. And I'm just finding that my week is uh, all scheduled before I even get to the week. So that's difficult. Because what will happen is I'll have people call me next week who want to get in the same week and either I find a spot to squeeze them in or they're off to the, the following week after that. Sorry if I sound a little complainy. Just it's all kind of rough lately. Wherever you are, stay safe. I know you have the pandemic to worry about and now the riots. So please stay safe. Keep your family close. Um, 
if there's a curfew, watch out for those. For those, I know Arizona's going to have a curfew for the next week to try to um, keep people from looting and to keep down the violence. So take care of yourselves. You can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can find me on Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under my law firm, Law Office of Florence Brummer. You can find me on my website, brummerlaw.com, and you can find the podcast on Patreon as well. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, before I sign off, just had a couple of streaming ideas for you. If you're looking for something to watch, um, I think I talked about the Mandela effect last week and I was just talking to my kids about it. If you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. I think it's also on Amazon. As I said before, not like the world's greatest movie, but interesting. And the whole Mandela effect is a very interesting concept to me. So I really dug it. The, um, documentary on John DeLorean is, I may have talked about it last week. At first, I was not into it. I think the first half hour might be a little dry. And I went back to it based on a review that I heard and then have been really, really liking it. Very, very interesting. It has um, Alec Baldwin acting out there's recreations of scenes with John DeLorean, and then there's footage of him as well. Just a very well done. I started the Jeffrey Epstein documentary on Netflix. It's a hard watch. I'm, um, I deal with a lot of hard stuff with my practice. And after the first episode, I had to shut it off and I'll go back to it. It is very victim centric, which is wonderful, giving these women a voice who were girls when they were victimized by him. And it's just, I think there's a, a, a feeling people have if people are wealthy or famous, that they're good people. And that appears to not be the case in a variety of um, and a variety of people that are out there. Lots and lots of good people. I always try to remember that. There's lots of good people. Most people are good people. And if you start to watch these documentaries too much, you forget about you forget that. But um, you know, there's it. It's good to be uh, informed and know what's out there. Um, I saw a movie on Amazon called Come to Daddy. It sounds like a horror movie. Wasn't really. Was more like a thriller. A little bit of felt like a Tarantino movie a little bit. Wasn't great. It was okay. The best part of it was um, Elijah Wood is the lead. And he was so good in this movie. I Like really good. I can't even explain it. I just really, really enjoyed his performance. And then there was a movie that I never, ever would have watched and heard a review about it and really enjoyed it. It's hard to say that when you enjoy a movie about a serial killer, but um, it's called The Clover Hitch Killer. And it's about a serial killer. But it's also about family. And I don't want to spoil too much because there's some twists and turns in this movie. And it's not like the highest budget movie. 
ever. It, it doesn't have the biggest production value. It has some really nice shots and a really good performance by Dylan McDermott, who shows up in a lot of things and I think is very underrated. Um, if he, if, if people do enjoy him and, um, and I'm claiming that he's underrated, um, I'm sorry to do that, but his performances are really good. If people don't realize that they should, um, check him out. He was in a few seasons of American Horror Story. He's been in a ton of movies. He was in the Clover Hitch Killer and had a really nuanced performance. Like I, I can't spoil it. Um, but it was a movie I wasn't going to see. I just kept seeing the title in Hulu has a lot, it, all the streaming sites have a lot of like really bad movies. And I um, heard a review on it and was intrigued and watched it and really liked it. So um, if you were skipping that one, check it out. I think you'll like it. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the listeners. I appreciate the comments. Stay safe. And thanks again.